Well, today, my brothers and sisters, I'd like to speak to you about one of the three of the most important Christian virtues, and that is the virtue of hope. And I'd like to speak about the virtue of hope in relation to our possessions and our material goods. We hear in our gospel how the Lord sent his apostles on mission and, quote, instructed them to take nothing for their journey but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. Here we see the poverty of the apostles, the voluntary poverty of the apostles. And it is really quite shocking, if you think about it, They were not even to bring along a second change of clothes. They must have been out for weeks at a time. No money, no food. They were to rely completely upon the generosity of those who hosted them. That is quite amazing, if you think about it. And just as amazing as the apostles' poverty, though, is the fact that all throughout the history of the church... There have been many saints who have imitated it successfully, such as we think of immediately St. Francis of Assisi. Now, some of us here, probably some of us uh, who are younger, might be inspired to opt for such radical poverty. And of course, the easiest way of doing this is to join a religious community and take a vow of poverty. Of course, I'd encourage anybody so inclined to do just this. But most of us, though myself included, will go on owning property and managing our bank accounts. Nonetheless, the radical poverty of the apostles we hear about today is relevant to all of us. It is a very strong reminder that our true treasure is God and not what's in the bank accounts. And this is where the virtue of hope comes in. Our Alleluia verse today says, May the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts, that we may know what is the hope that belongs to our call. St. Paul here speaks about our hearts, and he speaks about hope. Hope, my brothers and sisters, is the best cure for a heart attached to material goods. Pope Francis has written in his recent encyclical, quote, The emptier a person's heart is, the more he or she needs things to buy, own, and consume. You see, the Christian who is full of hope has a heart full of eternity, and not a heart full of material things. He sees clearly the difference between true and false needs. He thanks God when his true needs have been met and he simplifies his life so as not to be enslaved by his false needs. His material possessions do not hinder but rather aid his journey to heaven. The Christian who is full of hope is full of confident joy that he will one day possess God himself as his greatest treasure. And I'll leave you with a story I've recently read. It's said in the 1800s before the days of automobiles. It's about a man named John Westbrook and his aunt Martha. 
When John's parents died, he was raised by Martha, his aunt, who was quite wealthy. John eventually became a successful businessman. His career, though, required him to move far away from his beloved aunt. One day he received a letter from her. She was terminally ill. She was writing him about the settlement of her vast estates. As John scanned over all the details about property and inheritance rights and other things, he could read between the lines. Aunt Martha was afraid of dying. And this is the letter that he wrote back to her. Dear Aunt Martha, it is now 35 years since I, a little boy of six, was left all alone in the world. You wrote me then, letting me know that I could go and live with you. I have never forgotten the day when you sent James to pick me up and bring me to the homestead. James was a good and dutiful servant then, and quite kind to me, yet he was dressed all in black, and I was frightened of him. Perched high on your best horse, and seated behind James, my heart was full of fear, and my eyes were full of tears as we began the long journey home. Before we reached you, the darkness of night fell, and as we entered Hamilton Forest, the world became even darker. I asked James, Sir, do you think Auntie will have gone to bed by the time we arrive? He tried to reassure me, I am certain that she will be up and she'll be waiting for you. When we get out of these woods, you'll see the light on. You just wait and see. His words did nothing to relieve my fear. And yet, when we rode out into the clearing, not only was your light on, you were waiting at the door for me. You put your arms around me and took me from atop your horse. You had a fire burning on the hearth and a hot supper on the stove. After supper, you had my room already. You heard me say my prayers and you waited by my bedside until I fell asleep. And so I am writing you, my dear Aunt Martha, to tell you not to be afraid. The Lord is sending for you and will take you home. You needn't fear the servant dressed in black or the journey or the darkness of the night forests. You used your wealth to show me Christian love, but now its usefulness has come to an end. Have no more worries about it. Heaven is our true inheritance and God our true wealth. God can be trusted to do as much for you as you did for me so many years ago. At the end of the road, you'll find him waiting with his arms wide open, and you won't be an orphan. You'll be safe in his care. And I'll be praying for you until you're out of sight. And even then, I'll continue praying for you until you've made it home. Someday I'll make the same journey, and to find the Lord waiting at the end of the road to greet me is my firm hope. And I hope to see you too there, waiting alongside of him.